0: You're welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Chinadu Wosu of The Bridge, A Simple Church. Stay back and be blessed. You read the scripture out properly. 2nd Corinthians chapter 11 verse 1 to 4. Can we go together? 1, 2. Everybody read. Woe to God that you could bear. You're not with me. 1, 2, go. Woe to God that you bear with me a little in my folly and indeed bear with me for I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy for I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ but I fear lest, by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ verse 4 for if He that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if ye receive another spirit which you have not received, or another gospel which you have not accepted, ye might well bear with him. Here, Paul is admonishing the church in Corinth about the possibility or not just possibility the actuality of some preachers that had come to the church and they were preaching another Jesus they were preaching another gospel and they were preaching another spirit or releasing another spirit can you take the volume down a bit they were releasing another spirit and what he simply said in the book of Corinthians is that bear with them in other words be careful but watch them now that is the book that is the church in Corinth but I want to show you another place where Paul was mean and mad at those false preachers who came to preach another Jesus or another gospel. Galatians chapter one, verse six to nine. This time he didn't say bear with them. This time he said, I curse them. <laughs> Galatians chapter one, verse six to nine. Hallelujah. Amen. Go there quickly. Galatians chapter six, chapter one, sorry, verse six to nine. Can you read from just a bit? Okay. All right. Are you there? Are you there? Is he on the screen? Oh, yes, it is. One, two, go. I marvel that... Let's read together. One, two, go. I marvel that you were soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another. But there be some that trouble you and will pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we are an angel from heaven... Preach any other gospel unto you that which you have preached unto you. Let him be accursed. As we said before, so I say again, verse 9. If any man preach any other gospel unto you that you have received, let him be accursed. This is one of the few scriptures in the New Testament where Paul is laying a curse. It's like caveat emptor. I'm laying a curse. Anybody who decides to preach a gospel to you, contrary to this simple gospel, as we see in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, that I've preached to you, let that person be accursed. In fact, Paul says that even if I come back to you tomorrow, And I come to preach to you, he says, whether we come or any other person or even an angel comes to you and he preaches to you something else other than what I'm telling you now, that person or even myself, I am accursed. So what it means is that there are a lot of people who have lived through the ages that really have packed on curses upon themselves because of what they have taught. And that is why as a pastor or a minister or anyone who stands in the, stead of, uh, or yeah, in the stead of God or as delegated by God to preach or to release the word of God to people, he ought to be extremely careful. It is a very sober call, very cautious call because the Bible says if you preach anything contrary to what I have laid in the scripture, you pervert it. You subvert it. That curses are laid upon you. This is a very sober call. And, you know, he says that those who are called into to, as leaders are going to be judged more fiercely because of what they've declared with their mouth. And that's why for me as a minister, I'm very careful to ensure that what I am saying is what God has said to me to say. But the truth is, littered all over the country, And through the ages, as a matter of fact, not just now, there's been people like we see from the scripture who have come out to speak something that is another gospel. So what I want to do today in the brevity of the time that I have is to introduce to you this other Jesus that is being preached, another Jesus that is different from the simple Jesus. And I hope that in the time that I have, I'll just there are so many manifestations and so many descriptions of this other Jesus, but I'll just take just about five or six of them. And I hope that as you listen to this, um, you'll be able to discern when this other Jesus is being preached to you or when this other spirit is being released into your life. Several years ago, when I just, I think, uh, uh, sometime in the university, I think I was in the university, you know, one of my favorite pastimes as a young man was to travel to a new city and then when I travel to that new city, I go from church to church just to get a different feel of the Spirit of God. You know how you travel to a new city and some of us, the first thing you do, not here, they're not in this church, you go to the latest nightclub or the raining nightclub in that place, you go to the hottest joints to that place. For me, as a younger child, as a younger person, what my fantasy was, was to go to the reigning churches. <laughs> it's very interesting, isn't it? So I go to Lagos, then I was staying in Kaduna. So when I go to Lagos on holiday with my cousins, why my cousins are going for different parties and different nightclubs, cruising the place. They just dropped me. They leave me because me, my only is to go to one church. That was when I went to Household of Love. I went to so many churches. I went to Bethel Baptist, one of the big churches in those days. I went to House on the Rock, and I went to different churches. That was my job. And I know there's a particular day I went to one particular church. I didn't even know the name of the church. I just was passing by, and I saw that it had a very beautiful uh, exterior. It was very nice. So I marked it while I was going to, I think I was going to Household of Love. Uh, Crisocote's church, uh, Household of God, sorry, and then I saw the church and I was like, oh, next Wednesday I'll go there. I was like, ah, this one, I like the way it's looking, but I'm going to Crisocote's church, so let me just, the next Sunday I'll go there. So the next Wednesday or so, I think it was a Sunday, I went there. So as I walked into the place, I just felt something was unusual in that place. I felt strange. I felt a yoke just land on my chest, weight on my shoulder. I almost couldn't breathe. I was almost suffocating I tried to stay in the church they did their praise and worship it was very unique they didn't sing regular songs they had their own special songs so I couldn't even flow and besides there was just something wrong with the atmosphere I have never felt that way as a believer and when I typed so when I stayed for like 30 40 minutes I knew I couldn't continue to stay I just went out and I went back home there was another spirit in that church He didn't have a name like the funky, the names we have. He just had something like the Church of Lagos, something like that. The Church of Lagos. I think it was something like, I don't know what it was. I can't even remember. It was like, I think the Church of Lagos, something like that. But when I left, it became very clear in my spirit, by discernment that there was another spirit there. I didn't even research it. I just felt unusual. So you have to be extremely careful. That there are other spirits and there is another gospel being preached and i was discussing with my wife today on uh, while we we're coming to church on some of the difficulties the churches are facing today and believers face and i could only trace it back to the foundation and the root of our christian faith what in what atmosphere you gave birth i mean yes you were born into as a believer and not just the atmosphere what kind of training exposure you got as a believer As the reason why we stagger and we struggle in the Christian faith. So it is important that some have been born again into another Jesus. Some have been born again into another spirit. Some have gotten born again into another gospel. And so they are struggling consistently because they don't know exactly what the simplicity of the gospel of Christ is. And that is my particular mandate to the church, to simply teach the simple gospel of Jesus Christ to ignite a simple God revolution. As simple as it is, it might not be a very fancy mission or vision, but that is what God has called me to do, to be a simplifier, to break down once again what the simplicity of the gospel is. Hallelujah. So we go back to our text very gently. And we see there that another Jesus, Paul, was preaching and said that it's possible they have spoken to you or preached to you about another Jesus, another spirit, or another gospel. I'm going to leave another spirit for another day. I'll leave another gospel for another day. But what I want to talk about today is another Jesus. Look and say another Jesus. And ask your neighbor, say, I hope you have not received another Jesus. I hope you are not being preached another Jesus. But the Jesus, the simple Jesus. Hallelujah! So what I decided to do is quickly look through scripture and then look at our contemporary times and pick out perhaps this presentation of Jesus that is not exactly the full presentation of the simple Jesus. And like I said, there's so many more presentations or descriptions of Jesus that you see out there, but I've just picked out five or six of them. The first one is what I call the judgmental Jesus. Some of us have been preached about or been preached or taught about the judgmental Jesus. The second one is what I call the licentious Jesus or the lascivious Jesus. The third is what I call the superstar Jesus. The only idea you have of Jesus and so of the pastors of the local church is that they. I'll talk about them very briefly. The superstar Jesus. Then the other one is what I call the materialistic Jesus. So materialistic Jesus. Another one is what I call the superstitious Jesus. And the last one that I'm going to talk about today is what I call the poverty stricken Jesus Beggarly Jesus, these are all descriptions of another Jesus. This is not the Jesus we see in the gospels. Let me start with the first one the judgmental Jesus. The judgmental Jesus, all right. Okay, so this judgmental Jesus. So, all I'm simply doing today is to talk. I want to talk to you, and I pray that you get more than what I'm saying, and that you go back and you chew on these qualities I'll share with you and be sure. that the jesus that has been taught you and the jesus you have received is the simple jesus and not these other jesus so the first is the judgmental jesus the judgmental jesus is the condemnatory jesus it is a jesus that is driven by good works a jesus those who preach this gospel are always rebuking you and always judgmental and move from the faith in Jesus into walks, trying to describe uh, uh, Jesus as that Jesus who, who is firm and who is hard, who is tough and who is difficult to deal with. While it is true that Jesus is a holy Jesus, but the truth is that they forget to tell you that when Jesus walked on the earth, Jesus spent more time than those with those people who were forgotten and condemned by the society, more than those people that were so-called righteous. They forgot to tell you that while Jesus was living on the earth, you look to the Gospels, Jesus actually spent more time with harlots. Jesus spent time with publicans. Publicans were were tax collectors. They were very rich. Jesus spent more time with lepers. Jesus spent more time, in fact, with wine bambas. In fact, at some point, he did it so much... That they started saying that man who is always dining with wine bibers and friend to drunkards. One time Jesus was in a house and this woman, presumably who was a harlot, came with an alabaster box of oil and she broke it at the feet of Jesus and she was worshiping Jesus. And the so-called judgmental people who were there said, "This kind of what kind of Jesus is this that is hanging out with such? Wo-? If he was so spiritual, he would have known that this woman was a bad woman. If he was so spiritual, he would have known that this woman was a harlot." And Jesus just left them because that woman was doing much more in the life of Jesus than those men who were outside condemning her. Another time, there was this woman caught in adultery. You know the story. And they brought her to Jesus and thought that Jesus would condemn the woman. By the time Jesus was done, Jesus told the woman to go. said, look, go and don't sin again. He said, did anybody condemn you? He said, no, so I will not condemn you too. So the simple Jesus is not a condemnatory Jesus. One other time, Jesus was walking on a crusade. He was going to where he was going to preach. And then he saw a short man on a tree. <laughs> and said, oh, that is Zacchaeus. I know you. All of us know you. You are the chief publican. You are the chief task collector. You are a criminal. You are a 4 niner You cheat people. And Jesus saw him on the tree. At the end of the conversation, Jesus said, tonight, I'm going to, today, come down. I'm going to dine with you. And everybody was like, how can Jesus be hanging out with such men? Do you know that when he went to the Republic to the publicans' house, Zacchaeus, those who came around him were not the Pharisees, he was also other publicans like him, other criminals like him, other 419 ers So Jesus sat down with them and was having a conversation with them, discussing with them. So the judgmental Jesus that has been taught is not the real. Presentation of Jesus, and that was the problem in the Galatian church, because they had come after Paul had preached to the the Galatian church, birthed the church. He left. Some men came back, and they were now insisting that those who were Christians had to obey some of the laws of Moses for them to be Christians. And Paul said, "No, we can't do that here. I will not place a curse of condemnation upon these people. I will not allow you do it because that is not the gospel which I preached to them. That is not the gospel I received from Jesus Christ." is not the revelation of jesus that i have so leave them alone don't preach to them the judgmental jesus how do we see those guys in church today they are always the ones to tell you that your skirt is a bit too short they are come with a ruler when they come to church so they stand and they take the ruler and they measure it should be above the knee below the knee you start quarrelling with them, they get the ruler some actually do it they carry a ruler a tape and come to measure that are the ones who will tell you your fingernails are a bit too long. Now, should your shirt your skirt be too short? No, it should not be too short. Should your fingernails be too long that you poke the eye of the person beside you? No, it should not be. Should it be in different colors that you confuse those who are looking at you? No, it should not be. But that is not what you come to church to do. That is what the word of God that is being preached to the person will ultimately do if the right word and the truth about the simple Jesus is preached to that person. So the judgmental Jesus is not the Jesus. That is a false matter of fact. Another Jesus. It's another Jesus. And they make a big deal out of this Jesus. But that this Jesus is not that kind of Jesus. Hallelujah. The Bible says in first John, John chapter. They, they read John 3.16 and they forget John 3.17. How many of us can, say, can, can recite John 3.16? Okay, let's go. We can everybody. Ah, uh, If you can't, then uh, we need... Ah, uh, You are not coming to the bridge. Or you go to the church next door. Uh-huh. Let's go again. Go. Don't open your Bible. Okay, John 3.17. Is he on the screen? Now put it on the screen for them. They only read John 3.17 and they walk away. They forget John 3.17. John 3.17, please, let's see. John 3.17, quickly. John 3.17, or oh, who has opened it already? John 3.17. Send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus said, I have not come for those who are righteous. I've come for those who actually need me. Those who are broken brokenhearted have come for the harlots. I've come for the prostitute. I've come for the uh, the, the publican. I've come for the Gentiles. They are the ones that didn't say, That's, I didn't come to condemn them. So any message that is preached that condemns you, that is not the gospel that Jesus preached. That is not the gospel that the disciples preached. That is not the gospel. That is a judgmental Jesus. And that is another Jesus. So the judgmental Jesus is another Jesus. It is not the simple Jesus. Okay? That's number one. Let's go to the next one. On the, that is on one extreme is the judgmental Jesus. But then to fight that extreme, we go to the lascivious Jesus. We go to the licentious Jesus on the far left. So to try to balance that out, another movement has come where they now say that Jesus can permit absolutely anything. Jesus can take absolutely anything. So this Jesus is a Jesus that has no standards. This Jesus is a Jesus that you can stay around him and can do anything you like, and it's just okay to be like that. This Jesus is what I call the licentious Jesus. This Jesus is the wrong Jesus. Is also another Jesus. On Thursday we're looking at the book of Jude, and he said the book of Jude, the writer wrote to to the Jew to the Jewish churches and said to them that there are some. Criminals that have come into your midst and they have converted the grace of God, our preaching the grace of God into lasciviousness. They have come and they have presented to you another Jesus. A Jesus who accepts just anything. You come to church and you do absolutely anything you like. While you are not supposed to be judged, it also doesn't mean that you should behave just anyhow you like. Jesus is not a licentious Jesus. Am I talking to somebody? That is another Jesus. It matters what you look like. It matters your behavior. It matters how you talk. It matters how you dress. It matters what your appearance is. It matters the people you hang out with. It matters what you are doing when nobody is watching you. The licentious Jesus accepts everyone. And that is the major problem we have with the churches outside the country. And the LGBT movement have that at the back of their mind. They preach what is called the love of God. They tell you that if God's love is agape and is unconditional, that means you must accept me no matter my sexual preference, because it is not conditional. You shouldn't, you should not, you should accept me anyhow I am. So they say, look, if your God is really not condemnatory and your God is, uh, um, 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 your God loves us with an unconditional love, then you must accept us that way. No. Of course, I will accept you as a person, but you cannot continue in your behavior, in that wrong behavior, in that sinful behavior. As is commonly said, God loves the sinner, but God hates the sin. The licentious Jesus accommodates the sin and the sinner at the same time. That is another Jesus. That is not the Jesus of the Bible. That is a Jesus some have created for themselves. That is not the Jesus that the Bible preaches. That is not the Jesus that Paul preaches. I'm sorry, I'm going to be a a bit firm in church this Sunday morning. That is the wrong Jesus that tells you it doesn't matter. It matters. It matters. It matters how you live your life. It matters what you did on Friday night. It matters what you did on Saturday night. It matters for you to continue to be in the church and for months and years and you are still the exact same person you were 10 years ago, 2 years ago. That is a problem. It means you are perhaps listening to another Jesus. You are patterning your life after another Jesus. Not the Jesus here in the Bible. The Jesus here will transform you. That woman that came and brought the alabaster box and broke it, she was not a harlot when she was breaking it. She used to be a yes, sir. Yeah. She used to be. Not that she was. If she was, she wouldn't have been taken up trying to break the alabaster box at the feet of Jesus to worship him. She was. She was not that way. Jesus said to the woman who was caught in the adultery, He said, Go and sin no more. So there's a problem. If you are still stuck in that place, behaving the exact same way, there is no difference between you and an unbeliever. If I go to your Instagram post, I cannot quickly see that you are a Christian. That is a problem. What you are being fed, therefore, is the licentious Jesus. There has to be a difference. Look at somebody say there has to be a difference. There has to be a difference. If you are really serving this Jesus who is a simple Jesus, there has to be a clear difference. But then the Bible says that they took the licentious Jesus and they were teaching it. Jude 1:4. For there are certain men crept unawares who were before old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men, turning the grace of God into lasciviousness, and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. They take, they take, they preach. When they preach, it is very clear from their sermon that they are trying to be friends with this world. Look, we are not of this world. The Bible says friendship with this world is enmity with God. They never talk about this when they preach. You cannot be a friend of the world. If you are a friend of the world, and the, by that I mean the friend of the world system, you want to be like them, something is wrong. It's not the right Jesus you have heard. James 4.4, 4, he says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. You are either a friend of God and an enemy of the world, or you are an enemy of God and a friend of the world. It's very simple. But these lascivious preachers are friends of the world. You cannot tell them out. You know, several months, several years ago, there used to be a preacher that would come and show off his his designer baths on Instagram. Hello. I'm not saying you should not wear designer clothes. You should wear designer clothes. God has blessed you. But do you have to make it a point of duty of showing us when you have your latest shoe? your latest Gucci shoe, all of those things, you're driving a private jet, hello, something is wrong. You are painting the wrong picture of who Jesus is to the people. And when I come to the materialistic Jesus, let me jump ahead of myself. That is the materialistic Jesus being preached. Do you know Jesus was never a poor man? But he never rode the best cars or the best horses. He ne- In fact, he never rode a horse. The only time we see him on top of an animal, he was upon a donkey. A donkey was the commonest. Only the big men rode horses. Only the Roman soldiers, as a matter of fact, rode horses. He never, he could have ridden a horse if he wanted to. He never had a chariot to drag him. He walked with his foot all through the Roman world, preaching the gospel throughout where he was. He was never, horse. there were horses, there were chariots. One time, somebody came to him and said, Jesus, I've just seen the great, see the great thing you do. Say, I want to follow you to your house. Jesus said, hello, <laughs> the son of man has no house. He said, foxes have holes, birds have nests, but this man has no place to lay his head. How come the showing off of our house and our glorious edifices is now a measure of how much Jesus we know? It's not the right Jesus. That is another Jesus. Oh, sorry I'm coming this way. Is he okay? Look, I'm a grace. This is grace at work. Nobody is more graceful than Jesus Christ. The the Bible says in the book of John that uh, Moses, uh, what's that thing again? The law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And that grace and truth that came by Jesus Christ never showed off anything that he had. There are some pastors I know in in the world that have big jets, not one, not two, not three, but you will never know they have it. Because they understand that the jet is just for them to fly around and do their work. But some of us, you buy one small jet, you put it on Instagram. That is the measure of how great your God is. No, that is not the right Jesus. Do not emulate us once. Paul was very careful because you see, like I said last week, that your belief or your creed or your teaching determines your conduct, and your conduct defines your character so that what you teach ultimately people begin to, look to begin to behave that way so we have painted a very wrong jesus and i'm talking about what the licentious jesus it matters before you leave your house young lady look at the mirror that's the last thing you should do before you leave and ask yourself if this were if I was, if i'm actually going to meet jesus what will he say about how i look hello Before you come up to the stage, ask yourself, you're going to wear trousers, but have you covered the things that should be covered? I would never be the one to, in fact, I don't even see those things. I understand there's other women that see what other women wear. Me, I don't see them. We don't see those things, but it's important. Ask yourself, how I'm looking now? Is it Jesus worthy? Men as well, ask yourself, is it Jesus worthy? Because The real Jesus, the simple Jesus, doesn't go around showing off the hips, the fingertips, and the lips. He keeps it to himself or to herself for those who ought to see them. Am I being too hard this Sunday morning? That is another Jesus. That was what Paul was preaching against. Be careful. Lest they preach the lascivious Jesus to you. And you carry the lascivious Jesus. Another dimension of the lascivious Jesus is that the lascivious Jesus just takes anything anyhow. It doesn't matter. You can be serious with God, you cannot be serious with God. You forget that this Jesus, who is the simple Jesus, twice in his ministry, he went into the temple... And he was like, hello, what is going on here? The house of God shall be the house of prayer and of seriousness. It's not for business, for transactions, and for running up and down, for criminals and the den den of robbers. And he went, the Bible says, and he scattered them. He drove them out. The Greek word word used is that he took a cord and he flogged people and drove them out of the temple. Because you must take God's things seriously. Twice. First in John chapter 2. Then in Matthew 21, at the beginning of his ministry, he went to clean the temple. Then, before he went to the cross, he also went to clean the temple to emphasize that serving God is serious business. Lasciviousness or, or this kind of careless life, carefree Christianity, means you can do whatever you like. Time to pray, you don't pray. Be serious of God, you're not. It doesn't matter does this pastor even know that coming to church is a, great, is, a, is, a power, is a great thing for me you want me to come and be more serious dance you will not dance clap you will not dance anyhow you don't take the things of God seriously that is part of lasciviousness that is part of license it means you're taking the grace of God for granted never take the grace of God for granted I'm being too hard let me soften a bit amen then let me move to the next Jesus the next one is what I call the superstitious Jesus some pastors, the way they conceive Jesus is that Jesus is just another babalawo out there. And some Christians, he's just another native doctor. The way you have the native doctor, in fact, some of them take the one outside and then they come and take the one of Jesus too. He's just another native doctor. They don't, they, are not even, they don't even understand the difference between this Jesus that we serve and the native babalawo out there. So they come and they present Jesus as a native doctor, the one who is going to solve all the problems. They turn Jesus into a magician, not a miracle worker. There is a big difference between a magician and a miracle worker. Jesus worked miracles. He never did magic. And if you want to know the clear difference, go and look at the life of Moses. Moses before Pharaoh. Moses came before Pharaoh and he began to perform miracles. So as to show the power of God at work in the life of Moses and Aaron. And as the Moses performed the miracle, for example, he took the rod of Aaron, threw it on the ground, and became a serpent. They also brought magicians. Magicians did the exact same thing. So that when you look at it on the outside, magic and miracle look exactly alike, but their source is different so many preachers are magicians take my word, they are magicians they are not miracle workers, you see miracles but it's magic they are sorcerers, Simon the sorcerer in the book of Matthew, uh, Acts chapter 8 when he was he, the bible says he had bewitched the city of, what it is that now Samaria, he bewitched them with his sorcery so that when Philip came and preached the gospel and began to perform some miracles, ah, at some point he, he got saved and I was like wow this man has a power that is bigger than mine was that like the Bible says he got saved. Then when Peter and the rest came and laid hands on them and they received the gospel, the Holy Ghost and they began to manifest again, it was like, I wish I can add that power to the power that I have so that some people have different powers and the person is actually bold to say, I have powers and we are smiling. Sometimes I even joke with it, but it's a serious matter. That thing is not miracle, it's magic and it tells you that I've not even brought out all the powers yet. And we are laughing. (laughs) We are laughing. That I'm reserving some other powers. He means what he's saying, but you don't understand what he's saying. He means it. That he's still using one power. That there are other powers. (laughs) You know, we play tennis, and once in a while, we have different rackets. So when we want to joke, I say, let me go and bring out a stronger racket with a different power. That has power for you. So every player has his own power, his own tennis racket to play him. It's a joke, but it's serious because he didn't say it as a joke. He meant exactly what he's saying. Be careful that magicians are walking around in the name of Jesus. They are not walking miracles. They are walking magic. What is the primary difference between magic and miracle? Miracles are God designed to produce the or to unleash the supernatural, to cause the intervention of the supernatural over the natural, to change the course of the natural for the benefit of the one who that miracle is being performed for and for the glory of God. But magic is about showmanship. Magic is not thinking of you, it's about the one who is performing it. The magician is more interested in you being in awe of what he's doing than what he's doing in your life. He's trying to show off. He's the show off kind of God. Uh, God. So some have presented Jesus as come. The magician will solve your problem. It doesn't work like that. Miracles have a system of walking. There is a reason why Jesus walked miracles in different times As a matter of fact, it's not everyone he saw in the Bible that he healed that he performed the miracle on There was a particular assignment he was trying to do so he came to the bull of Bethesda He saw many people who were hanging out there waiting for the stirring of the water But he didn't get all of them healed. He only took one person. There was a reason why that one person was picked Because he's not a magician. He's a miracle walker So Jesus is not a magician He's a miracle worker. Jesus is not superstitious. There's a big difference between superstition and supernatural. The Jesus presented to us is the superstitious Jesus. That is just uh, a mixture of Christianity and African traditional religion. They just carry, these guys used to be, they grew up in the village, most of them. They grew up in the village and saw how they went to Babalawo and how they practiced all those divinities. And they just got saved and they carried it and just put Jesus on top. There is a big difference because even when Jesus lived, there were sorcerers and there were believers, there were Christians. So, this Jesus that is being preached, that is superstitious, is not the real Jesus. That's another Jesus. The real Jesus is a simple Jesus. The Bible says how God anointed him with the Holy Ghost and with power and he went about looking for all those who were sick, healing the sick, casting out devils and all those who were oppressed. He healed them because God was with him. He was on a mission trying to deliver those who were oppressed. He was not for his glory. He was for the betterment of the people. But the magician only thinks of his pocket. He only thinks of how far his ministry is going to go. He's only thinking of what this miracle will do for his ministry. So they orchestrate also of makaziki brand, talk of magic in church, lies, falsehood, fake miracles. One time there was a trending issue of a woman that had distortion of her, uh, had an abnormality of. Um, they call those guys contortionist, a woman who can f- do her body like this and her hand will come inside. Did not see that video there? Yeah, it's a it's a deformity, <laughs> it's a connective tissue disease, and they exploited the woman. Different magicians. And said, come to my church. We'll give you this amount of money. Hello? We'll give you this amount of money. When I start praying, you start pushing. Up. Make sure you pull your hand in. When I start praying, start pushing out your hand, pushing out your hand, out. But the unfortunate thing is that the magician didn't realize that the woman was a businesswoman too. So they did it for this church, collected her money. She went to another church, did it again, collected her money, went to the church, church until... Some people who were some social media critics started looking, they look, this is the same woman in this church. You see that when they hid her here, the thing broke again. She went, this one, I hid Magicians all over the place don't be fooled by magicians all right okay superstitious jesus the next one okay sorry that's then the next one is superstar jesus the superstar jesus is the jesus that of well let me start by saying this jesus was a very popular man when he was on earth. everybody heard him as a matter of fact he was not only popular among the poor he was also popular in the among the rich so much so that herod heard about the ministry of jesus so that when they brought jesus before herod herod said i've heard about you you are the one that says do miracle perform a quick miracle for me and let let me see. Jesus was just looking at him. Jesus was like, "You don't understand. I'm not a magician. I'm a miracle worker." With this criticism you have, I can't do anything here. So Jesus, so that is, so but that is not a that is a a, a, a simple Jesus. It's not a superstar Jesus. But how they have painted Jesus Christ is that he's a superstar. He was not a superstar. He was a man who was burdened with the compassion of people who were suffering. He was thinking of how to heal. He wished he could be everywhere at all times to deliver and to save all those that were healed, that were brokenhearted. The Bible says that Jesus was moved with compassion when he saw how they were all without, they were like sheep without shepherd, and he was moved to heal them. He was not a superstar celebrity. He was not showing off his bling, showing off his chain, showing off his good looks, showing off his hips or his calves or his chest. That was not, that is not the Jesus of the Bible. He was not a superstar. He was popular, but he never used his stardom to cause, create envy in people, which is what happens with the celebrity life. Everything about celebrities I got more than you, and I want to pepper you. We are part of the pepper them gang. I went to a birthday party of uh, a cousin of mine in Turkey one of those days, his 40th. And then when we finished the Right in the party, somebody said that let us upload the pictures so we can pepper them. That we are here having fun. Pepper them. I don't know who she meant it for. She peppered them. And I was like, hello. Obviously, they were not believers, so I understand. But of course, I didn't post those pictures because my going there was not to pepper them. But I know that most of the pictures that I put on Instagram are designed to pepper them. Let your enemies see and let them pepper them. That is, Jesus never did that. He was never out to pepper anybody he was never out to show off anything that he had in fact he was so regular that he took Judas to identify him when he was with his disciples so he was not different from them Judas had to kiss if he was if you, but when you walk into the typical celebrity now you see them walking you can you can differentiate the celebrity from the followers you know that the team those that follow the celebrity by the time you see the bling of the celebrity it's clear He dresses differently. He looks differently. But Jesus looked exactly like like Peter, looked exactly like uh, James, looked exactly like Andrew, and everybody. So much so that, Judas has to go and identify him. So the man, don't come and tell me that Jesus was a celebrity superstar Jesus. No, 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 no. That is another Jesus. That is not the simple Jesus. This simple Jesus is so simple, he can walk into a place and just blend in. Except for the fact that he will be teaching you and you'll be seeing wisdom come out of his mouth. When you see him on the street, there is no difference from the one who is walking down. Even though everybody he was famous and he was a great man. So, how come right now we know the biggest pastors by their following, by their churches, by their celebrity style, lifestyle, by their Range Rovers? I want Range Rover, I like big cow. I like fine things, and you should have them all, but I'm saying that if you are doing it so you can pepper them, so you can appear as successful, then that is wrong. That Jesus never behaved that. Can we follow Jesus and leave every other person who is trying to give us the wrong Jesus? Can we look at the scripture and find out how Jesus was living his life and just live that way? It's okay for me. They were not don't leave the other Jesus that is being preached. In fact, Paul says if you go and you mis- misrepresent Jesus, you are cursed. So leave all these things. Let's just follow the Jesus of the Bible. Is it wrong to have those good things? No. Absolutely not. And as you're going to see very soon, that this Jesus was a rich Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. Let me get ahead of myself. Give me the scripture. This Jesus was rich. He was not poor. Second Corinthians 8 verse 9, for we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, how that though he was rich, he became poor for your sakes, so that through your po- his poverty, you might become rich. So the man was rich, but he never showed on him. He never used it to oppress the people who were around him. He never tried to be a celebrity everybody must adore and admire. admire. He was hidden in, in hiding himself amongst the people. So the other Jesus is a celebrity Jesus, is a superstar Jesus, and that is not the Jesus of the Bible. Let me go ahead of myself, and another one is the beggarly Jesus because of time, the poor beggarly Jesus, and they now say that, oh, Jesus was poor, hello, he was not a poor man. He didn't have a house by choice, not because he couldn't buy the biggest castle. Why wasn't he a poor man? I think I've taught that several here. How Jesus was so rich, his ministry was so rich, that when they were in the crusade, Jesus finished preaching to five men at least. Five people, 5,000 people, because there were 5,000 men. And when you add their wives and their children, scholars agree that it's between 10,000 people to 20,000 people in a crusade. Jesus finished preaching, and he was late, and he said to Philip, Philip, Go, where can we buy bread for these people? Jesus is not a madman. For him to be suggesting to buy bread for them, it means that where they were in their ministry, in their pocket, they had money to go and buy the bread. And check out how much will it cost to feed 20,000 people with bread and egg? Let's say Meshai bread and egg. Let's leave rice that is now 2005. How much is Meshai bread and egg? Bread is 100 naira, right? Egg is 100 naira. That one that is sliced in the middle and put inside. Oh, you don't have hundred naira bread again? Oh my. Okay, let's say two hundred naira. You know the one I say you take a loaf of bread, you cut it into four. That's the best one, by the way, in case you don't know. You cut it into four. And then you now slice it in between and put egg inside. Let's say it's two hundred naira for one person. Let's say it's two hundred. Let's say it's three hundred naira. Okay. Three hundred naira times twenty thousand people. Mathematicians. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Is that six million? Or is that sixty million? I don't know. Six million naira. So Jesus was telling Philip, Philip, take six million naira from my account and go and buy bread to feed these people. (laughs) Go and read it. Hello? And Philip now said, "Ah." he never complained about the money. He just said, why are we even going to buy that amount of bread right now? We're in the desert. Where are we going to get, How is we going to supply that kind of bread? So that was his problem. His problem was not that they could not get, didn't have the money. The problem was that, you, where are we going to get, if I tell you go and buy six million bread now, which bakery can I give you six million bread now? It has to be pre-ordered and pre-arranged. The Bible, and Jesus said, the, the, the writer says, John said, Jesus told him that because he knew what he wanted to do. He, he had something at the back of his mind. And the they said, well, Jesus said, what else do we have? They said, only this boy has two loaves and three fishes. Have we? Sorry, there are many of them. Five loaves and two fishes. He said, okay, bring it to me. Let me take it to the bakery of heaven. (laughs) Since there is no bakery here that can produce it, let me summon the bakery of heaven. Let heaven begin to reproduce that bread. And by the time they finished, they fed everybody there and there were 12 baskets of excess. He said, don't throw it away, pack them. We're going to give it to that boy who gave us two loaves and two fishes. Let him take it and go and sell it because you cannot give Jesus bread, give Jesus something and live empty. But that is food for another day. So this Jesus was not a poor Jesus. So he was not poor. Don't tell me that being poor means I'm holy. It's not true. That's also a wrong Jesus. What this Jesus was was a contented Jesus. contented Jesus, who is content, who is content in what God has called him to do. It's not about the, resources. everything he needed was supplied for. And if for some reason they didn't have money there instantly, he just called on a fish, bring coins from somewhere. Let me pay these guys. That Jesus, that is the Jesus. So he was not a poor man. Don't come and tell me I have to look poor and smelly. Don't come and tell me I have to be look poor and look like my hair is not organized. I have to look to show that I'm holy. It's not true. That is also a wrong distortion. That is another distortion of Jesus. Look nice. Look good. Because your Jesus looked nice and good. I believe his disciples look nice and good as well. Am I talking to somebody? Yes. Then the last Jesus is the materialistic Jesus. Have I talked about that one? Materialistic Jesus. That's what being has been preached. As much as Jesus was rich... He never used his riches to intimidate those who are around him in fact he did say that it is impossible almost impossible for a rich man to enter make it to the kingdom of God because that rich man is going to the money is going to control him so much there is as difficult as the camel passing through the eye of a needle and when he said that brodo, the Pharisees says ha ah, if it's like that how many of us can make it to heaven Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. So the rich man can make it to heaven if he's with God. It is possible to him. Now, you must understand the context of that particular saying, Jesus said. One day, Jesus was preaching. One young, rich millionaire came to Jesus and said, Jesus, what do I need to do to get eternal life? Jesus said, well, go and obey all the laws of Moses. Go and do all of that. Honor your father. Do all that. The young man said, I've been doing it since my youth. So I'm ready and I'm rich and I've been obeying all the laws since my youth. Jesus said, but there's one that you have not done. He says, go and sell all that you have. Give it to the poor and come and follow me. And the man said, Kai, I can't do that one. Jesus then said, ha, oh boy, if you must follow me. You have to do that. You must let it go. And the writer now said, the man said he couldn't do that because he was a very rich man. That was when Jesus now said, it is impossible for a rich man to make it to heaven. It's like one, uh, a camel passing through the eye of a needle. So the Jesus is not a materialistic Jesus. Not, is it good to build large churches? Yes, it is. But if that is the Jesus you present to people, you make them greedy. So some come with the gospel of prosperity and greed. oh, coming to carry out a Jesus who is materialistic and push it to the church. And that's all they see. So your measure of your faith is determined by your bank account. That's a lie. That's a big lie. That is not how faith is judged. If it were so, most of the criminals in churches would be men of faith. But we know that they are criminals and they have most of the money. That is not a measure of faith. Am I talking to somebody? This is important because you have to be able to decipher which Jesus is being preached to you. And like I said last week, the key to all of this is to preach and to understand, have a concept of Jesus that is right in the middle, not to the far right, not to the far left, not to the excess on, le- on the left side, or not to the excess on the right side, but to walk in the middle of the park. And for me as a preacher, I do all I can to make sure I portray and I speak and teach a balanced Jesus. Jesus. We don't have time now, but when we come at the last Sunday of the month, I'm going to talk about the A, B, and C of the Jesus Christ. What is the simple gospel? What does it really mean? How do you even identify it? What should you study when you read God's word? Look out for the signs of that simple gospel locked up in the God in the Word of God, and not this other Jesus that is being taught. Hallelujah! Don't forget why this is important, because. Your teaching determines, I call it creed. Your creed determines your conduct. If you keep hearing about the materialistic Jesus, you are going to try to steal, to kill, to cheat, to make money, and come and give a testimony before God so that everybody will think that God is helping you. You're going to do all that. You're going to sleep around. It is the teaching that is fueling the conduct, the behavior, the conduct. And when that conduct over time materializes, it becomes a behavior, a pattern, a conversation, like the Bible puts it. That is now the lifestyle of the people. But for you to also change it, you start with the teaching as well. Oh, Gazi Barus. Mark chapter 6. Jesus was going to preach some people somewhere, 6-5. And then he came into his own hometown. And there the Bible says he could do no mighty works because the people were angry with him. And they despised him. And they're like, isn't it not Jesus the one we grew up with? Jesus, when he could not do anything major except heal a few sick folk, malaria, headache, and cough. The Bible says after that, you know what he did to confront the situation? The Bible says he went back to all the cities and began to teach them. It takes a teaching to dislodge the wrong teaching that you have received. That is why the simple God revolution is important. Look at somebody, can you join me? Let's ignite a simple God revolution and reveal the simple God to the church. It is our responsibility to teach and reveal the simple Jesus Christ. Ah, make sure that you make get do all you can to be rich and wealthy. That's fine. Do all you must look nice. That's okay. Be humble, that's okay. But above all, make sure that the Jesus that you communicate to people is the Jesus of the Bible. Bow your heads, let us pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you because you are the one who directs and instructs. And as difficult as the word of God is sometimes, as as pricking as it is to our heart, we still receive it wholly with our hearts. We thank you, Father, for this service. We thank you because so much has been said, and I pray that the Holy Ghost who is able to teach us, who is able to inspire us, or oh, who is able to educate us. You've just listened to an amazing message by Pastor Chinedu Unwosu of the Bree Church. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. At the Nafil Arcade and Water Park, Vusei Zone Seven, and Meetweek services at the Chirruton Hotel, Number 30 Sokode Crescent, Vusei Zone Five. God bless you.